You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. Welcome back to Grab Them by the Pod. Get your kicks on episode 66. It's been a while. We've missed you. And before we do anything else, we should offer our condolences to the late Senator John McCain, the last of a rare breed of politician these days, somebody who was civil despite their differences. Yeah, I was just reading an article on Twitter uh, saying that the Obama and McCain uh, presidential election was probably the last time that people on either side were voting for one person but said, you know what, the other guy is probably not too bad. We probably won't have that happening anytime uh, soon. Uh, last week, uh, we tweeted out something about Trump not mentioning John McCain when when talking about the defense uh, bill, and someone came at us on Twitter and said, oh, I can tell by your account that you guys didn't vote for him and you didn't like him, but now you're defending him. And I had to respond back saying, well, actually, one of us did vote for him. The other one didn't, but uh, you know, he didn't want to hear that and just kept blathering on, so so I ignored him. So yeah, you know, I've, I've, I attended a fundraiser that he was at once when I was interning for another uh, congressional candidate. I saw him walking around the Senate when I worked there. Uh, and, you know, I think he was arguably uh, the most famous current senator right now. Uh, so, you know, it's 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 too bad. It was something we probably saw coming, but doesn't make it any, any better when it actually happens. So, yeah, our, our thoughts are with uh, the McCain family. And, you know, whether you disagreed with him or you agree with him politically, uh, he did a lot for this country and he'll be missed. A respectable human being and a patriotic American, indeed. Well, now that we've discussed that, oh my God, Kevin, so much stuff has happened as we had the last episode. It's been a while. Um, last week was, it, it reminded me of the end of The Godfather when they were just killing everybody at the same time. And Michael Corleone says, you know, today we settled all family business. So don't tell me that you're innocent. We saw Paul Manafort be found guilty on eight accounts. We saw Michael Cohen have a plea deal. So let's start with Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort has been found guilty on eight counts. The judge said he would declare a mistrial on the remaining eight charges after the jury said it could not come to a unanimous verdict. Uh, we later found out that it was just one person holding out on all of those. Uh, but with those counts all added together, uh, there's a very good chance that Paul Manafort's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. You know, that's all right. I'll take it. So what? <laughs> uh, there are some that are going to be declared a mistrial. You know, those eight counts that will put him away, that's all we need. We don't need to be excessive here. We get the point. <laughs> you know, uh, counts one through five were uh, tax fraud, uh, subscribing to false U.S. individual income tax reforms from 2010 to 2014. Count 12, hiding foreign bank accounts. Uh, count 25, bank fraud. Count 27, also bank fraud. Uh, and by the way, the, the numbers seem weird because they stem from the indictment. Uh, so uh, th there were 18 counts he was being tried on, but there were much more uh, in the initial in, uh, indictment. Uh, you know, when, when Trump landed that evening in West Virginia for a rally, uh, he told the press that Paul Manafort is a good man and he feels very badly about it. And they rambled on about witch hunt, uh, you know, no Russia, no collusion. But why would you feel the need to say those things about a guy who is just found guilty uh, on all of these crimes of all these crimes. Well, because Manafort sounds like an honest stand-up individual, doesn't he? Plays by the rules. <laughs> uh, and of course, Trump had he can't contain himself. He had to tweet out later on also that I feel very badly for Paul Manafort and his wonderful family. Justice, in quote, uh, took 
12-year-old case, among other things, applied tremendous pressure on him. And unlike Michael Cohen, he refused to break, uh, make up stories in order to get a deal. Such respect for a brave man. Okay, first of all, a 12-year-old tax case, I just said it was from years 2010 to 2014. You know, I didn't major in math in college, but I think that's not 12 years. No, it's not. But, um, you know, the president, academics, not really his strong suit. Yeah, and he was found guilty on eight. They could retry him on those other 10. And he's also going to be uh, being tried for other stuff in D.C. soon, too. So, I mean, this is only a witch hunt if Paul Manafort's a witch. Well, see, back here in <laughs> Connecticut, Paul Manafort's uh, home state, native state, uh, this brought a, a lot of, uh, you know, maybe undue attention or unwanted attention, especially in the city of New Britain, where Manafort hails from. Former New Britain mayor, state senator, and commissioner of the Connecticut Department of Administrative Services, Don DeFranzo, who was a classmate of Manafort back at St. Thomas Aquinas High School in New Britain back in the 1960s, said that Manafort was, and I quote, confident but not arrogant in high school, and that he seemed to be destined for big things. <laughs> this is pretty big, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah he's going to be remembered, just maybe not the way they thought he would be back then. Uh, so is he going to be part? I mean, Trump, he hasn't said no. Sarah Huckabee Sanders said they hadn't discussed it, but Trump has contradicted that already. Um, the fact that he's not saying no uh, leads me to believe that he just might. And uh, everybody around him is telling him not to do it. But when that happens, you know, Trump likes to go rogue. Yeah, I think it's also important to note that very city of New Britain uh, had to clarify something uh, <laughs> about a week ago where they changed a sign on Paul Manafort Drive. The street sound now reads Paul Manafort Senior Drive, which is who it was named after to begin with. Manafort's father, who had been a three term mayor of the city uh, years ago and who had operated a successful construction business, which is still uh, in business today. I just saw Manafort Brothers Crane when I was in Hartford the other day. Uh, so they wanted to make sure they clarified that the street was not named after this convicted criminal, but yet the father who had been the mayor back in the 60s. It's kind of like when Houston had Enron Field after everything had happened. You, you got to do something that just looks really bad. Uh, so so Manafort, that, that story is not over, whether it's, it's a pardon uh, or the, oncoming, uh, the upcoming trials that he's going to be uh, still – dealing with. So uh, we'll see what happens when it comes sentence time with him and what happens in the future. Uh, but Michael Cohen, oh my God, I mean, these things were happening, by the way, at the exact same time. I was watching CNN and they even referenced it was like a Saturday Night Live skit because they were talking to people and they got, had to cut them off immediately, go to a courthouse. It would come back. They'd cut them off again immediately, go to another courthouse. I mean, this stuff was happening bang, 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 bang. Um, and Michael Cohen, if you don't know, I can't believe you're listening to us, but if you don't know, uh, he was Trump's longtime personal attorney. He was his fixer. Uh, he reached a plea deal with federal prosecutors regarding uh, bank fraud, uh, tax fraud. Uh, he pleaded guilty to eight counts. Eight seems to be the magic word uh, on, on these situations. Counts one through five were evasion of assessment of income tax liability. Count six, false statements to a bank. Count seven, causing an unlawful corporate contribution. And count eight, excessive campaign contribution. That AKA would be, the Stormy Daniels yeah, affair. That would be uh, Miss Stephanie Clifford. Uh, in the plea deal, he said that it was done in coordination and at the direction of a candidate for federal office. And that he, because of that, he kept information that would have been harmful to the candidate and the campaign from becoming public. That's Trump. He basically, I mean, he didn't say his name, but 
he did everything else but say his name. That is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is guilty of sin. He's an unnamed co-conspirator in all of this, and it really just brought us to another level. Yeah, so Paul Manafort, Michael Cohen, drain the swamp kind of guys, right? You know, the swamp has gotten swampier and swampier every day that President Trump has been in office. And the fact that people can't see that, it's just infuriating at times. That's because the Republican leadership in Congress cares more about holding on to power than to doing what's right for America. I mean, I I personally think that uh, Paul Ryan is spineless. I know a lot of people in Congress actually agree with us on that. But Congress is just going to continue to turn a blind eye because as long as they get their judges, as long as they get their bills passed, they don't care if the president's a criminal. They don't care with who the president surrounds himself, who the president allows in the Oval Office. In the, I mean, just the other day, they had one of the QAnon guys in the Oval Office taking a picture with the president. They don't care about any of this as long as they get what they want. And they're selling out their country for their own personal needs and their own personal gains. And that's what this, not what this country is about. And it's, it's so sad that that's where we are as a country. They might as well be selling it for a bag of magic beans, Jesse. Magic beans. Uh, you know, at least he got to go on a beanstalk. I don't think we're even going to get that. So, and of course, Trump went on a Twitter storm after all of that. Uh, the first one, if, if anybody's looking for a good lawyer, I would strongly suggest that you don't retain the services of Michael Cohen. Uh, a lot of people have actually thought that was funny and thought Trump was being funny. I think Trump doesn't understand what's funny and what's not, and he doesn't understand that uh, his relationship with Michael Cohen makes that look really bad, but that's just me. Um, He also tweeted out that Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to two counts of campaign uh, finance violations that are not a crime. Well, they are a crime. That's why Cohen's going to jail because of them. Trump just doesn't understand a lot of things. Clearly not, or, you know, how the legal system in this country works, because last I knew, people can't plead guilty to something that's not illegal. And we'll talk about this a little more uh, when in, about Trump's interview in just a few minutes. But it's not like Cohen's like, I would have to plead guilty to this. And they're like, well, you know, it's not illegal, but we'll accept your guilty plea and put you in jail just because, you know, we have nothing else better to do with our time. I plead guilty <laughs> to having eaten cereal for breakfast this morning. Trump could plead guilty to eating McDonald's. We know he does love that. Um, and, and Cohen's lawyer, uh, Lanny Davis, went on all the shows, was doing interviews directly after this, and said, uh, we have definitive evidence that Donald Trump committed a crime, and a crime involving the corruption of American democracy. So as far as I'm concerned, that is an indictable offense. Cohen would not accept a pardon from Donald Trump. I believe that a pardon from Donald Trump would be a definition of dirty. Uh, the evidence... Well, was, yeah, yes, yes. Just, just a bit. Well, because, you know, by the way, people forget that when you accept a pardon, you're accepting the guilt. You're saying, I, I did it, I'm guilty, but they're going to let me off. And you don't want to do that. It doesn't look good for you later on in life. Um, he also tweeted out, the evidence shows that Trump directed and coordinated, making Trump as much a criminal as Michael admitted to being. It's just that Mr. Trump won't testify under oath and admit that truth that he is just as guilty. And yeah, I have to agree with uh, Mr. Davis. Uh, Trump is guilty. Anybody who can look at this objectively can tell he's guilty. Right. I mean, we see it. The writing's on the wall. You know, we're clear eyed here. Surprisingly enough, Americans, you know, many Americans aren't. But, you know, again, that's because it's to me that they are self-serving. You know, they care more about what's in it for them. And as long as the president is doing things that they're benefiting from, then they don't care. You just got to think of it very simply. Who does this all benefit? This didn't benefit Michael Cohen. It benefited Donald Trump. There's a reason he worked for Donald Trump and he was doing things that helped Donald Trump. But Donald Trump knew nothing about it. Please, I mean, 
you're really just trying not to see what's right in front of you if you can't admit that. And I know uh, people are liberal, people are conservative, people are Democrats, people are, are Republicans, and they want to stay on their team and they want to support their team. They don't want to admit that their team is wrong. But we stopped at that. We have to stop looking at it as teams. We have to start looking at it as the truth. Forget fake news. Forget forget the president saying what you're seeing, what you're hearing is not what's happening. It is what's happening. And if you look what's happening directly in front of your eyes, uh, you can come to the correct conclusion. Well, and Jesse, you make an excellent point. We, you know, we've got to step away from the hyperpartisan politics because, again, it's not teams. We're not tribes. We're all Americans, and we want and we need what's best for this country. And what's going on right now is not. And things are just getting even worse. I mean, as this this stuff wasn't bad enough. Uh, there's more. Maybe Michael Flynn stuff is going on too. He's not ready to to give up yet. Apparently, he has some info he wants to share. Um, but things are getting worse. David Pecker, which everybody's making fun of his name. Hey, you know what? The guy's having his issues. I, leave the poor guy's name alone. Dude, yeah, his name's Pecker. It's great. I mean, someone said Pecker's leaking, which is kind of a funny uh, turn of phrase. But uh, he was by the way, David Pecker is the chairman of American Media. Uh, they published the United uh, the National Enquirer, and he was granted immunity in exchange for giving prosecutors information on Cohen and Trump's knowledge of these payments. Uh, long-time Trump Organization CFO Alan Weisselberg was also granted immunity by federal authorities in New York and testified before the grand jury. From what I hear, uh, Cohen was a guy who took – he was a fixture. He took care of the things like Sturby Daniels, and Weisselberg knew everything else. So uh, this is not look good. My, how the canaries are starting to sing. Yeah, they see the writing on the wall, and they know they can't trust Trump to, to pardon them. Uh, I, I even heard we were discussing this last night uh, that there, there's like a, a vault full of information on Trump that the National Enquirer was hiding and not putting out there. And uh, they had a uh, agreement with one of the doormen at Trump Towers not to speak. And they, they took it away. They said, go ahead and say whatever you want to say. And he came out and said that Trump had an affair. with He basically pulled it on a Schwarzenegger, had an affair with his maid, and he has a, a child out there. Now, who knows if that's correct? Uh, it could just be gossip. But you know, there's going to be a lot of these things coming out now if the National Enquirer is spilling because uh, most of the time the stuff they print is the BS stuff. It's stuff that they're hiding and not putting out there at the behest of certain individuals. That's probably the real stuff. Should be interesting to see. And something tells me, and it may just be. And by the time this podcast is out tomorrow, people may not even care anymore. There may be a thousand new things out there. It's coming out so quickly now. Um, and Mother's keeping everything close to his vest as he should. So we'll see uh, what happens there. And I have actually heard that if it doesn't come out in September, it probably won't come out before the election because uh, Mother doesn't want to pull a Comey and put stuff out there right before it and affect the election. As much as that, we'd probably love to see that at this point. So when all this was said and done, uh, Trump actually then sat down uh, for an interview. But before he did that, he went to West Virginia, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, he lied the entire speech. Uh, he said West Virginia is rich. They're the elites. It's one of the poorest countries, uh, one of the poorest states in the country. Uh, he said they have clean water. You can't drink most of the water in Appalachia. Because what they do have, Jesse, is beautiful, clean coal. Beautiful, clean coal. And, you know, Trump talked about that over and over and over again. And we'll talk about uh, some environmental implications uh, to the Trump administration in just a bit. Um, but then he sat down with Fox and Friends' host, Ainsley Earnhardt. <sighs> so much crazy in this speech. So here are just a couple of the things that he that he mentioned. Uh, he said, Cohen was somebody that he uh, was probably with him for 10 years and he would see sometimes. We all know that he's underplaying that. Trump was his fixer. He, he doesn't understand why Trump was called his fixer. 
Trump did uh, Cohen did the things that Trump needed him to do to fix situations. And for Trump to say that, oh yeah, he was with me, but I barely knew him. I mean, it's that's his go-to line. Oh, I never knew that guy. He was barely with the campaign. It's just complete nonsense. And the fact that they don't follow up, Fox News didn't follow up on these questions and call him out on it. It just shows where they're coming from. Yeah, exactly. Why would they? You know, they know where their where their bread is buttered. Although I also have heard that people prefer these softball questions and these softball interviews because these are the interviews where he hangs himself. These are the ones where he just keeps talking and talking and says the stupidest things. Um, we mentioned this earlier. He says the two concerning Cohen, the two the two counts aren't even a crime. They weren't campaign campaign finance. Trump has absolutely no idea what campaign finance is and what campaign finance laws are. I have a friend from my time in D.C. who actually specializes in campaign finance, and I told him you have to. To go out there and take advantage of this. When has campaign finance ever been this profitable? People must hire you to educate people on what campaign finance law actually is. Trump thinks that if the funds didn't come directly from his campaign, then it's not campaign finance violation. No, no. If it's any money that you're giving that's helping your campaign, it has to be reported to the FEC. That's the point of all these uh, laws with the FEC, that we the people know what money is being spent on what, but Trump doesn't understand that. And apparently the people around him don't understand that, or at least they don't want to tell him what it means, or they don't care. Well, it should come as no surprise that the president doesn't know anything about campaign finance because he always hires guys like Michael Cohen to fix it for him. I guess, you know, he said he hired only the best guys. No, he hires guys like him, the scumbags. I mean, we, we've, we've praised Michael Cohen recently, but Cohen's a scumbag. He's just on the right side of being a scumbag right now, I guess. You know, he's our scumbag at the exact mo- at the moment because he's going to be helping uh, hopefully put away Trump. Um, but when you, when you don't get people who know the law or care about the law, uh, you're going to find yourself in trouble eventually, and, and the other shoe's going to drop. Um, again, he says, what, what Michael Cohen pled to weren't even campaign related. Those weren't crimes. Again, it's, it's, you know, I'll give it to him. You know, it pleaded is the correct way, but, you know, pled is acceptable. But, you know, they are crimes. He pleaded guilty to them. Stupidity is not an excuse, no matter how many times he wants us to make it think it is. Yeah, it certainly seems to be the president's excuse. It, 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 it just blows your mind. Uh, he said, a lot of lawyers on television and also lawyers that I have say they're not crimes. Can you name them, Mr. Trump? No, he just TV says lawyers. things. Yeah, TV lawyers, says, best of the best. Well, you know what? Uh, Rudy Giuliani is a lawyer, so there you go. That's a lawyer that said these aren't crimes. That's all he needs to know. He, he just makes up things, but he can't back anything up, and he doesn't have to back them up because Fox doesn't call him on it. Uh, then he goes in about flipping, flippers, and says, for 30, 40 years I've been watching flippers. Everything's wonderful, and then they get 10 years in jail, and they flip on whoever the next highest one is, or as high as you can go. It almost ought to be outlawed, okay? It's not fair, Wah. I've had many friends involved in this stuff. You have, have you? Uh, it's called flipping, and it almost ought to be illegal. So there he's saying he knows lots of people who are involved in things where that's a flip. Uh, he doesn't want people to tell the truth uh, because it benefits them. He just wants people to go down with the ship like Paul Manafort is doing right now. That's insane. And so is he. He is. A, you just look at these quotes – and, you know, we've gotten to the point where he just rambles on. We just accept it's Trump rambling. But that's why you have to take these quotes out of his mouth and out of context and just read them. Things make no sense. I mean, heck, when he's talking, one sentence doesn't even connect to the other one half the time. It's, it's, it's silly. And he's been going after Jeff Sessions, too. He said, I put an attorney general that never took control of the Justice Department. Jeff Sessions never took control of the Justice Department. And it's sort of an incredible thing. Uh, this week, Sessions actually fought back once. Akib Lorel fought back and 
said, while I am attorney general, the actions of the Department of Justice will not be improperly influenced by political organizations. Wow, good for him. Yeah, sure. This is all Jeff Sessions' fault. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Sessions is you know, at fault for a lot of things. Um, but it, at this point, it's kind of like I stand so I can stand and I can't stand no more. Uh, for the longest time, they weren't going to be able to fire Sessions because it was going to be you – know, Trump would have to pay holy hell, I think, uh, Lindsey Graham said uh, earlier. But Lindsey Graham's all about it now. Chuck Grassley, who I used to work for, is all about it. Uh, they're ready to you know, give him somebody who's loyal to him, uh, and loyalty should not be important. Well, actually, I strike that. Loyalty should be important to an attorney general, but that loyalty should be to the United States, not to a president. Absolutely. You know, I, Trump said, you know, the only reason I gave him the job, because I felt loyalty, as we were just talking about. Uh, he was an original supporter. He was on the campaign. Again, Trump admits that he that he rewards loyalty. Yeah. So was Paul Manafort. He was on the campaign, too. Yeah. And Omarosa. He said Omarosa was only hired because she was loyal to him and said nice things. Uh, I, I'm sensing a pattern here, and it's not good at all. Nope. Um, and, of course, he says, you know, if he gets impeached, the market will crash. Everybody will be poor, uh, you know. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. It's he. He has such an ego on him that he thinks if he goes, uh, we're all screwed. I think if he stays, we're all screwed. To be honest. Yeah, with you. yeah. My opinion as well. But you know, A plus. He gives himself A for effort. No room for improvement. Nope, none. Best ever. Yeah, it's uh, you know, all all great presidents uh, get in, in trouble the way he has in the last two years. But hey. You know, good for him. Uh, and, uh, you know, Reagan in the 80s had tripled down, trickled down economics. Uh, I feel like Trump has trickled down uh, scumbagginess. <laughs> to put, put it a word on it, um, Representative Duncan Hunter and his wife, Margaret Hunter, uh, have been indicted by a federal grand jury on charges of using $250,000 worth of campaign funds for personal use, as well as filing false reports to the FEC. Uh, are we surprised about this, Kevin? <laughs> No, no, we're not surprised about this at all. Um, you know, we, we've heard some things about Representative uh, Hunter and, and what he's capable of, and uh, this shouldn't be surprising. So what are some of the things that he spent this money on? Well, allegedly they were used for family vacations in Hawaii and Italy. Uh, he told his wife that he wanted to buy some Hawaii shorts, <laughs> but he had run out of money. So she allegedly advised him to buy them at a golf pro shop so that they could falsely describe the purchase later as some golf balls for the wounded warriors. Uh, he also spent it on uh, tequila shots, 30 of them to be exact, at a price of $462.46 and one steak at the El Tamarindo 15 restaurant during his friend's bachelor party. You know, there's a lot more where that came from. You can Google all of his expenditures, but $250,000 on himself when it should have been on the people he represents. It really is mind-blowing at this level. I, mean, the, I know there are 435 members of Congress or 100 senators, and, and you think maybe these things will fall through the cracks. And maybe if Duncan Hunter had, you know, bought the, the shorts someplace and that was it, maybe he would have gotten away with it. But the just he, he just didn't care. He just was brash. Did all of this stuff? I mean, it wasn't wasn't really hiding it from anybody who really wanted to look. And now he's he's paying the price. I mean, Paul Ryan, who I said is spineless, is actually removing him from his committee assignments. So if a spineless guy is removing you from committee assignments, you're screwed. Well, apparently Hunter was doing a good job of hiding this from his constituents, according to the Washington Post. Hunter lived quite humbly at home, rarely talking about his job as a congressman. 
but was a fixture on the Washington, D.C. bar scene, even getting into <laughs> arguments with other patrons because they played Celine Dion in the jukebox, and apparently he's no fan. Uh, you know, he must be anti-Canadian. Maybe that's the case. You know, he's, he's a U.S. congressman. He's got to be pro-America. He's a real American hero. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, his, fa- his father was a congressman for a long time, too. He took over his father's seat. Uh, so that's just got to be a real disappointment to his father. Um, so, and if that wasn't the only thing uh, that he's a disappointment in, uh, since being indicted, Hunter has blamed Democrats in the DOJ, you know, the one that's run by Jeff Sessions, and that's you know, the Trump Justice Department. Makes sense. Uh, he, he thinks uh, you know, the media and the Justice Department, they're, they're biased against him because he was an original supporter of then-candidate Trump. The media is trying to make him look like a fool. But the most despicable and the most disgusting thing he's doing right now is throwing his wife under the bus. I mean, yes, she is guilty, too. But come on, what happened to stand by your – I mean, you stand by your man. What about stand by your woman? Uh, he said, she handled my finances throughout my entire military career, and that continued on when I got to Congress. She was also the campaign manager, so whatever she did, that will be looked into, I'm sure. But I didn't do it. Uh, how nice of him. Husband of the year. There was an editorial or an opinion piece that was put out over the weekend. Like, how can you stay married to him? And it, I, I'm the same way. I mean, God, for someone to throw you under the bus like this when you know he's the congressman, he's the one primarily that should be getting in trouble. She should get in trouble as well. But, man, it's, and, and the fact that he's not going to get away with it and he's ruining his relationship with his wife, it's just, it's just sad. Um, you know, but he was the second person, I believe, to endorse Trump. We saw uh, Congressman Collins get in trouble a few weeks ago as well. He was the first person to uh, not, to endorse Trump. So it's, it's not looking good for those early adopters, is it? Oh, no, no, no. It's been a rough week for the president and his followers. And I think there are many rough weeks ahead, uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, there's been a lot of hubbub going on in the intelligence community lately, and uh, that hubbub is uh, warranted, in my opinion. Uh, former CIA director John Brennan, uh, was, he's been one of the most vocal critics of Trump and his administration. I don't think anybody will deny that. Um, but uh, last Wednesday, Trump had enough. You know, again, he stood all, he stood, stands all he could stand, and he couldn't stand no more. And Trump provoked Brennan's security clearance. Um, reading Trump's statements, Eric Huckabee Sanders said, Mr. Brennan's lying and recent conduct characterized by increasingly frenzied commentary is wholly inconsistent with access to the nation's most closely held secrets and, fa- and fa- facilities uh, and the very aim of our adversaries, which is to sow division and chaos. So let, let's go through that really quickly. Lying. Yeah, that, that lines up with Trump. Frenzied commentary. Yeah, check that, too, on, on Trump's column. Uh, sowing division and chaos, check and check. Uh, Trump's just talking about himself when he's blaming Brennan. Yes, he, he deflects an awful lot. And you know, it's not like Brennan was this big political guy before the Trump administration. I mean, he served under Obama. He served under George W. Bush. Uh, but he's an American, and he's smart, and he knows what he's talking about. And like many other people like him, he couldn't stay quiet during this Trump presidency. He's seeing what we're all seeing, and he had to speak out against it. Uh, you know, his former positions be damned. And uh, Trump's going after him now just because he said mean things about him. Yeah, because this is not normal. And, and you know, any upstanding individual, especially one that had a position like John Brennan, should speak out against it. Trump's not stopping there. He's also threatening to pull security clearances for other people like James Clapper, James Comey, Sally Yates, Susan Rice, Andrew McCabe, um, several others. And what do all those people have in common? Oh, Trump doesn't like them or they've spoken out against him. Uh, This is like a Nixon enemies list. It certainly is. 
I actually even read an article where he wanted to pull Obama's security clearance, and McMaster talked him out of it. That would have been insane for the, to pull the previous president's security clearance. Oh my god. Yeah, I can only imagine what would uh, you know what would have happened if he did that. That's you know they, we oftentimes say these things with such surprise, and we think the unthinkable can't happen, but there anything can be expected with this guy. Yeah, there's a. Uh, the days of saying that's nuts. I mean, I, again, I was reading, listening to a podcast from 538 the other day, and they were discussing, does the term like, oh, that person's not electable even mean anything anymore? Uh, can you use that phrase? No, Trump's president and the things he said uh, and the things he does might get him reelected again. So I think anybody is electable at this point. It's it's The, the line has been erased. Yeah, that and, term's obsolete. Yeah. And some people are wondering, why do these people still have security clearances if they're no longer there? Uh, past administration officials keep their security clearances so they can offer counsel, offer advice uh, to the people that come after them. Um, sometimes it's easier just to talk to people. You, you, this person has been in the situation before. This person is an expert in this area. This person has knowledge on certain things. And it makes sense. Um, but I, I hope it doesn't bite us as a country in the butt if they start pulling all these security clearances. Yeah, you know, it's a good idea. Experience matters in a job. Mm. And it just shows, again, Paul Ryan has no idea what he's talking about, because when this kind of got brought up a few months ago, he goes, oh, Trump's just trolling people. He's not really going to do it. Well, he he did it. You know, it's probably a good thing that, that Ryan's going to retire and get out of here so we don't have to deal with his nonsense anymore. Yeah, he's just closing his eyes and plugging his ears and hoping he's going to wake up to January. La, 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 I hear nothing. Um, so following all this, 13 former senior intelligence officials that included uh, 12 former CIA directors and deputy directors and one former director of national security, uh, they all signed a letter of support for Brennan, what they called the White House's decision inappropriate and deeply regrettable. If you look at some of the names on there that you may recognize, people like Robert Gates, George Tenet, Leon Panetta, General David Petraeus, James Clapper, uh, and even went as far as uh, retired Navy Admiral William McRaven, and he's the guy who oversaw the Navy SEAL raid that killed Osama bin Laden. Uh, he gave support to Brennan, and he said that he would consider it an honor if Trump would revoke his security clearance so he could be added to the name, add his name to the list of people who have spoken against his presidency. He's basically daring uh, President Trump to pull the security clearance of the dude who killed bin Laden. Yeah, I love it. And you know, it's important to point out, and it should not be lost here, the fact that these are both Democrats and Republicans alike. Mm -hmm. They've served presidents from both parties. They are of both parties themselves. You know, we, we can't lose sight of that here, that there are people who are willing to put the good of the country above this presidency and, and above uh, political, uh, you know, influence that they might want to have. This is the right thing to do. And so I'm, I'm happy and, and proud of them for doing it. And after all this happened, you know, the usual suspects uh, that the Republicans in the Senate denounced it, but they're not going to do anything about it. Uh, senators like Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, who my friend works for, and uh, I, I've had some discussions with him about Ron Johnson. Uh, the senator had great things to say about Russia after he visited there, and he thinks pulling these uh, security clearances is a great idea. Um, you know, what a surprise there. Um, and, and the other night... <laughs> This. Trump was tweeting at Hannity for advice on whether he should revoke security clearances for others. It's ridiculous. I mean, I wonder if the, with the Michael Cohen stuff, if Hannity might be in trouble. But you know, Hannity may just want to back off for a hot sec because he may be under the under the light pretty soon. But the president shouldn't be asking him for advice. Hannity's an idiot. What a clown. 
Speaking of clowns, Rudy Giuliani. Um, <laughs> it's been a week now, uh, but Rudy Giuliani made a disastrous appearance on Meet the Press. Uh, he was talking to host Chuck Todd, uh, who asked him why Trump wouldn't simply just sit down with Robert Mueller and tell the truth. And, you know, let's do a little back and forth here. Do you want to be Giuliani or do you want to be Chuck Todd? Can I be Chuck Todd? Go for it. I'll be Giuliani. And when you tell me that he should testify because he's going to tell the truth and he shouldn't worry, well, that's so silly because somebody's it's somebody's version of the truth, not the truth. Truth is truth. I don't mean to go like – No, no. It isn't – truth isn't truth. Uh, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck was not happy when he heard that. He, I mean the look he gave him was basically like a what the F. He couldn't believe that was going on. But you know, Giuliani kept it going when it came to the Trump Tower meeting. He said – the meeting was originally there for the purpose of getting information about Clinton. Which in itself is attempted collusion. No, it's not. You just said it. The meeting was intended to get dirt on Hillary Clinton from a criminal lawyer. That was the original intent of the meeting. It turned out to be a meeting about another subject, and it was not pursued at all. And of course, any meeting with regard to getting information on your opponent is something that any candidate staff would take. From the Russian government? She didn't represent the Russian government. She was a private citizen. I didn't even know they if they knew she was Russian at the time. All they had was her name. I mean, he's lost it. He's a lunatic. Natalia Veselinitskaya. That's Chinese, right? Yeah. And, I mean, this story has changed so many times. Uh, Trump didn't know about it. Okay, he knew about it, but he just dictated stuff. Okay, Trump knew about it, but it wasn't illegal. Okay, it may have been illegal, but he's the president. It's, it just goes on and on and on. And again, people are just letting him get away with it. it it's it's so strange that it doesn't upset his supporters. Uh, there have been lots of people that I've liked in the past who have disappointed me, and it doesn't mean I have to love them forever. I can see, you know, when I've gone in the wrong direction, and suddenly uh, this candidate is no longer for me. But the Trump supporters can't do that. They're, he's their guy forever and ever and ever. Yeah, well, Trump supporters, you've been sold a bill of goods here. You know, nothing the man stands for. Uh, is actually to the benefit of this country. And, you know, in most cases, those of you supporting him are the ones that are most directly affected negatively by the policies he's enacted. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear more about our thoughts on the Trump Tower meeting, just go back to listen to some of our old episodes. Uh, we've talked about it at length at different times. Um, the, final, the final thing I want to talk about here uh, has to do with the EPA. Scott Pruitt may be gone, uh, but things are just as bad as ever when it comes to the environment. Uh, the Trump administration is again showing that they are more interested in pandering uh, to potential voters and doing what's right for the country and what's good for the country. Uh, Trump and the EPA unveiled a plan to replace Obama's clean power plant regulations, which imposed, by the way, restrictions on coal-fired power plants. Beautiful, uh, the, clean <laughs> coal. Beautiful, clean coal. Fired power plants. Uh, the new plan, called the Affordable Clean Energy, or ACE rule, was signed by the EPA acting administrator Andrew Wheeler uh, last Monday. Um, Obama's policies basically restricted coal-fired plants that didn't meet modern pollution standards in an effort to cut carbon emissions. Is there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. I don't see it. No, but you know, Trump's view is that you know we don't need to meet modern pollution standards and contribute. Uh, you know, we don't care if we contribute to greenhouse gas emissions globally. We need to get cheered in West Virginia, so I'm going to do a policy that'll make them happy. And didn't you say, wasn't it in past episodes you said there are more people working at bowling alleys than there are in the coal industry? You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going Sorry to say. Sorry to steal your thunder. <laughs> uh, I actually looked up. I think it's uh, the coal industry contributes to 2% of West Virginia's um, you know, economic growth and GDP. So it's not even their largest thing anymore, but you know, it's what you associate with West Virginia when you think about it. Um, I love that Trump, the Trump administration, claims that the Obama-era standards are proof the administration was biased against coal. 
Well, yeah, yeah, they were. Or it's just a scientifically proven bias, but you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's a cold. It's it's not clean and beautiful, no matter how many times you say that. Um, coal is in the past. We've repeated that a million times. Um, I understand that it is a livelihood for some people, and it's easy for me to say, oh, you know, just switch to a different, uh, it's a different industry. But if we're looking at what's best for our country and best for the world, uh, we have to phase coal out. I'm not saying stop it immediately, uh, but certainly don't open up more plants. It's not needed right now. Right. It's definitely a turn in the wrong direction. But, you know, wanting a healthy environment is just another of liberals hating America. You know, snowflakes can't handle a little a little smut. A bunch of commie pinkos. Yeah, we're trying to shut down coal. The the coal industry has argued that upgrades to the plants are costly and that have led to plant closings. So it it just makes no sense that, okay, instead of – you know, we, we can't afford to make them better, so we're going to make our regulations worse. It just – it blows my mind. And again – this is a one plus one equals two type situation in my mind. Uh, it, it, you look at that smut. We, we reference the drinking water in Appalachia. Uh, you just have to look at that and realize maybe we should start transitioning to something else. Yeah, well, you know what? If you think Trump loves coal, you know what he hates? What does he hate? Wind power. He hates wind power. Why don't you tell us what he said recently? You can blow up a pipeline, Jesse. You can blow up the windmills. You know, the windmills. Boom, 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 bing. That's the end of that one. If the birds don't kill it first, they kill so many birds. You look underneath some of those windmills, it's like a killing field, the birds. But you know, that's what they were going to. They were going to windmills. And you know, don't worry about when the wind doesn't blow. I said, what happens when the wind doesn't blow? Well, then we have a problem. Okay, good. They were putting them in areas where they didn't have much wind, too. And it's a, a subsidiary. You know, subsidy for windmills. You need subsidy. Who wants to have energy where you need subsidy? So uh, the coal is doing great. <laughs> it's, now, that was difficult for you to, to read because it's an insane sentence. And one thing, you just naturally read a word as subsidiary. No, he said subsidiary, which isn't a word, by the way. <laughs> I feel so much better now. I'm the intelligent one. He's just saying things that aren't real. First of all, Trump thinks that oh, if you know if there's no sun, solar panel, it, you know, they can store energy. By the way, uh, he thinks coal's indestructible. If it was indestructible, you couldn't use it. They couldn't mine it. And by the way, they don't just take coal and start using it. They have to go to plants, and those plants can be blown up too. His obsession with like oh, if we were attacked, we could blow up our windmills is just insane. It just it's you go home. Google that and read that yourself, and you'll just see how insane he is. Again, as you mentioned before, Jess, like you've got to read these. You know, print them out, pull them up on online, and read them. It's uh, like you said, when he's going and foaming at the mouth, and and words are just spewing out. It's easy to think that ah, he, you know, it's just he's rambling. When you actually look at the words, the man makes absolutely zero sense. <sighs> All right, Kevin, if that wasn't enough information already, what do you have for Kevin's corner? Well, Jesse. As we've been gone from the airwaves for a while, and as it's the start of yet another school year for me and for young people everywhere, now seems like a good time to reiterate the fact that the behaviors and actions of the current president and his administration are not normal. With each passing week and month, with all of the appalling statements made, information leaked, indictments handed down, convictions delivered, it becomes harder for the average American to retain the level of concern and outrage. We must not let down our collective American guard. We cannot allow this presidency to become the new standard for what we accept 
from our leader in the most high elected office. While each of us is powerless against the president himself, we do wield something very powerful over the members of Congress who can act in defense of our nation against crimes committed by the executive branch. November is coming. Those of you being represented by someone who supports the unethical activities currently taking place on Pennsylvania Avenue, it is your responsibility to remind them where the power truly lies in this, our democracy. Very nice, Kevin. And, you know, it just came to my mind when you said, you, you know, going back to school, we didn't even discuss Betsy DeVos wanting to divert education funds to buy guns for schools. It's just, it's insane. It never ends. This stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, I'll take me to the shooting range when you get your first uh, education gun. Well, you know, your brother had a bear in his neighborhood this week, so maybe she's on to something. <laughs> you never know. All right. Well, thank you all for sticking with us. I know we haven't been here for a while. I'm going to be on vacation starting uh, September 8th, so we'll definitely get one more episode in here, if not two, uh, so we won't leave you high and dry. Um, but uh, remember, go to our website at Grab Them by the Pod. You can find all wonderful goodness. Uh, that is Kevin and I uh, on that page, whether it's our handsome pictures or uh, just where you can find our podcast and social media links. Uh, we may have a special guest coming up here in the next couple of weeks. We're still working on it, but we'll have more to report on that uh, once it's a done deal. Uh, and uh, until the next episode, Kevin, it's been fun. Later. Later.